The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak here for this Friday, the 2nd of June in London. Coming up today... Moving on from the X, Congress passes a deal on the debt ceiling. Losing its luster, Goldman flags a 25% drop in trading revenue as job cuts loom. Diamonds pressure play, JP Morgan CEO heads to Taiwan after a high-profile trip to China. Apple's account struggles, SpaceX's military tie-up and the concierge to the stars cashes in. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, going it alone, ex-Labour leader Neil Kinnock tells us Starmer won't need a coalition. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. The US Senate has passed a bill to lift the debt ceiling, ending a standoff that had the potential to spark a global financial crisis. The measure now goes to President Joe Biden, who plans to sign it into law just days ahead of a looming US default. Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has welcomed the agreement. This demanded a bipartisan solution. We knew we'd need to come together for a solution like the one that passed tonight. And so I'm happy to stand here passing this critical legislation to support our families, preserve vital programs, and most importantly, avoid catastrophic default. Schumer shepherded the bill through the Senate with support from moderates from both parties, many of whom put aside misgivings about parts of the deal. Goldman Sachs is warning of a sharp slowdown in investment banking compared to bumper gains a year ago. Its president, John Waldron, says that the trading business is trending down more than 25% this quarter. The news comes just days after Bloomberg learnt that the bank is working on what would be its third round of job cuts in under a year. The downbeat outlook comes as Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan said that he believes trading revenue at the lender will hold up this quarter. On the sales trading side, you know, frankly, I think we'll be flattish this quarter, which it may be very strong performance. Jimmy DeMar and the team have done a great job of sort of stabilizing that business. Moynihan's comments offer a more promising outlook than many competitors are expecting. Bloomberg has learned that Jamie Dimon is to visit Taiwan after wrapping up his high-profile trip to China. The stop-off by the JP Morgan CEO comes at a time of heightened tensions between Beijing and Washington. LVMH CEO Bernard Arnault, meanwhile, has become the latest big company boss to announce plans to visit China as Tesla CEO Elon Musk returns from his whirlwind tour of the country. In the UK, former Labour leader Neil Kinnock says that the party won't need to form a coalition to govern after the next general election. He's been speaking to the UK Politics podcast about the opposition party's future. 
if he's got the biggest single party, govern. Or there won't be a coalition. Uh, the Lib Dems won't have it, and Keir Starmer certainly won't have it. No question of coalition. There's no deal that he would do with the Scottish nationalists or needs to do with the Liberals. Kinnock also said that current Labour leader Keir Starmer would be able to run a minority government if needed. The opposition party has been ahead of the Conservatives in the polls for months, but some analysts say that their performance in local elections last month fell short of what would be necessary to then secure an outright majority. Meanwhile, the government has refused a demand from the UK's COVID inquiry to hand over former Prime Minister Boris Johnson's WhatsApp messages and pandemic diaries. The government's Cabinet Office says it's filing for a judicial review into the request for the documents. Speaking before the 4pm deadline to hand information over, Rishi Sunak said the government would comply with the law. We've been long cooperating with the inquiry. Important that we learn the lessons of COVID so that we're well prepared in the future. Government's considering very carefully next steps, but it's confident in its position. Meanwhile, opposition parties have accused Rishi Sunak of attempting a cover-up. The requested documents are also likely to include the Prime Minister's own correspondence with Boris Johnson when he was the Chancellor. Okay, so those are a few of our top stories then for you this morning. We're going to be watching out for the non-farm payroll report, of course, uh, in terms of uh, the beats. Do we get another 13th month of increases? How much pressure is there going to be uh, in the economy in the United States? And what does it mean for um, interest rates? I think that is absolutely crucial for markets. But then there's also this fun one. Um, expensive incentives are back in in order to hire and retain traders at hedge funds. It's frankly getting almost like the Premier League and the NBA, what is being thrown at um, at uh, hedge, hedge fund, fund managers, managers yeah. of course. The average lifespan of a hedge fund is only like five to eight years. So that's why I think you get the sporting metaphor. But uh, look, if you look at some of the things that people are being offered, uh, this is today's big take report from Bloomberg. So looking at, for example, people being offered a year off work paid and then an incentive to come back at the end of it. A I year wouldn't say off. no to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is pretty I amazing. I will see you in a year. <laughs> well, the thing that's of most interest, though, is, of course, clients usually never get a look at this. Um, they don't get the breakdown normally of, of uh, talent and actually how much is being paid for it. So I think it's super revealing and it kind of goes firm, firm to firm. Um, across Europe, Asia, uh, the US. And what it's costing clients. Yes. The part of the story as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good one. Okay, have a read of that on the terminal. Right, let's turn our attention then to the US, of course. The Senate has now passed the debt ceiling bill. So that removes the threat of a default uh, until after the next US presidential election. For more, let's bring in Bloomberg's senior editor, Bill Ferries, who joins us this morning. It ended up, Bill, being relatively undramatic after weeks of tension. What should we take away from the result of these votes in the Senate and the House? You're right, it did. I think uh, one thing we could take away is that the, the risk of a United States default uh, clarifies the mind for a lot of political leaders. Uh, that was a step that was just too far, I think, for the moderate, you know, I would say the moderate mass on both the Republican and the Democratic side. Uh, another lesson is that, you know, Kevin McCarthy uh, is the indisputable leader of the House Republicans. He got um, he got this through uh, a very you know complicated political process. Uh, he has a famously difficult caucus to deal with. And there were people who in his party who have never in their political careers voted to raise the debt ceiling. So you were never going to get them on board. But what he did do was manage to get two thirds of the Republicans uh, to vote for this. 
His critics will say, yeah, but uh, he still needed a, a big chunk of Democrats to get it across the line. Uh, that said, I, you know, I think that was always going to be the case, uh, and he's done it with a minimum number of defections. I also think President Biden uh, gets some praise uh, for, you know, keeping, being able to negotiate some things that people on the left, to the left of him, didn't want to see happen, uh, but still get it passed. So both of those leaders will take small political hits, but I think in the end, uh, they probably come, come out looking a little bit stronger. Does it open the door for for more bipartisan collaboration on issues, or was this just a question of getting the debt ceiling passed and nothing else? I think more of the latter. I, you know, there there will be issues that I think bring both sides together. You know, whether it's uh, in some cases defense spending or maybe you know natural disasters and things like that. I, I think in general, uh, they're not turning over a new leaf. It's still a very polarized electorate and uh, probably a more more polarized Congress on most of the issues. Uh, and we're heading into, you know, next year will be a presidential election year. So I think that's going to that's going to make uh, cooperation uh, less likely. OK. Um, in terms of the economics, though, the risk of default's been removed. The U.S. economy, though, still faces a lot of challenges. I suppose what is the next big battle to watch? Well, I think for the broader economy, you know, it's, uh, it's still going to be trying to figure out where the Fed goes from here in terms of uh, rates uh, rising or, or holding for a while. Um, I think uh, what happens uh, globally is going to, there's a lot of focus on uh, the Chinese economy and, and whether it's able to really fully rebound from, from the COVID lockdowns. Uh, and I just, you know, I think with inflation running uh, still at historically high levels uh, for at least the last 20 years, uh, you know, what impact does that have on consumers? There is a question about whether this debt deal uh, and the cap it puts on government spending will uh, do some minor damage to the economy. Uh, and that's, you know, coming at a pretty fragile time. So I think those are some of the key issues that economists in the market are going to be watching. Bill, does this debt ceiling deal cast a long shadow over politics in the U.S.? Is it going to have any material impact on the next presidential election? I think there's a chance. I mean, you're already seeing some of it on the Republican side. It's very interesting. You know, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, and uh, South Carolina, uh, a former uh, senator or a former governor, uh, Nikki Haley, they've come out against this. Some of the other uh, challengers to President Donald Trump have come out of it. So on the Republican primary side, um, you're seeing it used for political purposes. Very interestingly, uh, Donald Trump, who initially urged Republicans to consider pushing towards a default, uh, hasn't really commented about this agreement. He's probably caught in the middle because uh, he says he wanted uh, a, a better deal, but he's also been a backer of McCarthy. So uh, I think he's he's sort of got neutralized here a little bit. Uh, on, the, on the Democratic side, I, I don't think it will do a lot. Uh, President Biden will face criticism from his progressive colleagues, uh, but he is at this point the unquestioned leader on his side of the party heading into next year's elections. Okay, very interesting. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Bill Ferry is uh, uh, just taking us through the U.S. Senate passing that debt ceiling bill, 63 to 36. So the debt, uh, the idea of a U.S. default at least uh, is averted. Up next, Apple's account struggles, SpaceX military tie-up and the concierge of the stars cashes in. 
The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Paper Review on Bluebird Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans joins us with more. The headline in the Wall Street Journal, Apple customers say it's hard to get money out of Goldman Sachs savings accounts. What's what's the issue here? Good morning. Good morning to you, Caroline. Yes, so as you just said, Apple customers are struggling to access their cash. They've been speaking to the Wall Street Journal about the experience they're having and this just comes one month after the tech giant launched its competitive savings account with Goldman Sachs. So reports suggest the tech giant's new saving product actually attracted a massive $1 billion worth of deposits in just four days when it actually launched. But savers speaking to the newspaper are really having trouble accessing their funds or transferring cash between their bank accounts. Now, the newspaper reports that some customers saw their money just completely vanish as it was removed from its Apple account. Oh, you're making me shudder. I know. But it didn't make it to the other account they were trying to transfer oh. it to. So normally we used to it almost being like click of the fingers and it moves counts. But this is where people were saying in the newspaper that they just didn't see that happening. And Goldman Sachs said the difficulties were being faced by a limited number of customers, so not everybody. And they said that the delays were often due to rigorous processes designed to protect users. So that's anti-fraud processes. Yeah, is this teething trouble, I suppose, or is it more than that? That's the big question. Yeah, that's the massive question. And one other thing, why this attracted so much attention and so many users went for it is it has a 4.15% yield on the Apple saving account. which is Yeah, it's 10 times more than the average US savings rate. So it was very attractive. But like Caroline said, is it teething? But it's pretty scary, I think, for people out there. Mm, Interesting one. Let's go to the Financial Times next, Leanne. Elon Musk's SpaceX winning a Pentagon contract for satellite in Ukraine. 
Yes, indeed. So the Department of Defence has agreed to buy Starlink terminals from Elon Musk, but has not said how many they'll purchase or actually how much they are paying Elon Musk. So those details not available at the moment. And Musk did secure this US funding to provide satellite internet to the Ukrainian military. So he's now getting involved in this. And this is interesting because the billionaire had expressed real concerns about the military use of this technology. He had been hesitant to move into that field, but SpaceX is expected to be paid out of the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. Now, this has financed weapons and training to modernise the Ukrainian military. As we know, it is still battling the Russian army and that war is becoming, you know, more and more difficult. But it looks like Elon Musk is now going to help with the internet side of it. He does say it's going to be difficult because these satellites do get destroyed very often and it's difficult to keep them up Mm. in the air and make sure it works Mm. and all links. But it looks like something that is going ahead now. But it is is also seeing interesting to see Elon Musk breaking into... Uh, what was essentially a monopoly of the two largest defence contractors in the US and to get into supplying that is is certainly a big step for the company. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, alleviating some of the fears he had initially about getting involved. Yeah, just lastly, The Times has the headline, founders of Velocity Black Bank, $80 million from Capital One. This is a bit of business in Britain. It is a little bit of business in Britain. Now, Capital One will buy Velocity Black as it pushes deeper into the premium credit cards and other luxury markets dominated by Amex and also JP Morgan. Now, the founders actually met at a private school in West London. They started this London-based luxury concierge service and they have made tens of millions of pounds through this deal. So basically what we're hearing from the newspapers, Capital One is understood to have agreed to pay $296 million for Velocity Black. I'll tell you what it is. So it's an app-based membership concierge service and it's for the super wealthy. So basically, Caroline and Stephen, if you're thinking of going on a holiday, you've got this app, you can say to the app, oh, I want to go on an all experience, you know, this amazing five-star holiday. They'll book it for you. They'll do everything. They won't pay for it, though. <laughs> no, no, they won't pay for it, though. And it, Caroline, maybe if we want to get a nice luxury handbag for the weekend or sure. design a dress. Why not? You can just ask them. But listen, the membership does cost $2,800 a year. And there's people like Ellie Golding and Rita Ora. They are celebrities who do promote this. I really yeah, like so Rita Ora, ex- so that would be an attraction. Exclusive experiences offered in the app are said to have included tracking snow leopards in the Himalayas, flying fighter jets and training with ninjas in Japan. Oh, ninjas. I would definitely do <laughs> well, that training. Is- I love the sound of this. But like I said, they don't pay for it and it does doesn't come cheap. No. But if you've got the money, why not? But it's an ex-Goldman Sachs banker, it isn't is it? Indeed. Who's yes. forged his own business and now it's being sold to And yeah, it was a with Goldman American. Sachs for over 20 years. Yeah. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. 
Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.